When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Riley drops back, looks, looks, dances, and throws, and he's going deep down the field. Oh, what a catch by Darrell Walker, who skips his way to the end zone. He'll drop it off to Bouillon, twist it back to McDavid, inside to Everly, reshot, score! 3 nothing. Jordan Everly from Connor McDavid, and the Oilers are pouring it on, Craig Anderson and the hapless Senators. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chet. Yeah, let's go. Four members of the Edmonton Oilers named to the initial rosters for the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. Of course, Connor McDavid, one of them. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, not one of them. You will hear from Peter Shirelli and Todd McClellan on that decision. Peter Shirelli, the GM of Team North America. Todd McClellan, the head coach. In a couple minutes, you'll hear from Connor McDavid as well. Comments from Korpakoski, Dreisaitl, and Sekera. They are all World Cup bound as well. Kelly Rudy set to join us tonight. Uh, you know, Kelly Rudy, speaking of making Team Canada, making an international team, Kelly Rudy, a member of maybe the best hockey team ever assembled, the 1987 Canadian team that won the Canada Cup. I'll have to ask him about that. Uh, we'll get you ready for the Oilers and the Flyers tomorrow night. The Briar starts this weekend. Kevin Cooey representing Alberta. Mark Kennedy is the third. We'll tee it up with him. And living the dream tonight. Our weekly segment is back uh, once a week, believe it or not. It's been about a week since we had it on. Uh, we're going to today look into the CWHL, that's the Canadian Women's Hockey League, former U of A Panda Kristen Haig, now playing with the Calgary Inferno. Very interesting journey she has had through her hockey career. That's coming up between 8 and 8.30 tonight. How are you doing? My name is Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for joining me inside sports on 630 Chet. Of course, your participation in this show is welcome. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. I know one thing I'd like to hear from people about. It is the World Cup of Hockey, and not so much uh, the rosters, though you can certainly chime in on that if you like. Every, every participating Team. I'm not going to say nation because a couple of the uh, teams are made up of more than one nation. Every participating team naming 16 players today. They'll name the rest of the roster later on. Um, but I'm wondering about your thoughts on this event. And actually, later on tonight, Matthew Panashik on the other side of the window, I am going to do uh, a love letter to the World Cup of Hockey. As you know, sometimes I get a, I get a little sentimental. I get a little romantic, and I, and I pull out a love letter. Done one of the Toronto Blue Jays to to Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans. Um, uh, the first one I ever did to, was to a writer who uh, had some unkind things to say about Edmonton and Commonwealth Stadium during the FIFA Women's World Cup that was here last summer. So today I have a love letter to the World Cup of Hockey that we'll get to uh, a little bit later on. But I want to know from people, uh, I mean, 
excited about this tournament? Do you feel it's a little bit fake, a little bit manufactured? Eight teams, two of them, you know, one's an under-24 team from two countries. One is all the countries in Europe that don't have teams. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Do you care now? Will you care in September? You can let me know that. But Connor McDavid, no doubt on the team. First of all, though, I, I mean, McDavid last night, brilliant. Here's McDavid getting a give and go. Backhander score. And Connor McDavid has scored 22 seconds into the first game he'll play against Eichel and the Buffalo Sabres. Well, he played a big league game um, to get us going right off the bat. I thought Jordan made a, a great play to create the turnover, and then he finished. And, uh, you know, to have the ability to get him back on the ice after their timeout, he was a little bit tired, and that was important that he got the rest. And, Scored the winner. Uh. McDavid has a step to the net. Backhander short side. He scores. Connor McDavid scores both goals tonight and wins the game in overtime. And you said this was just going to be just another game. You score the first, you score the last, you do so in overtime in this highly anticipated contest. Describe your emotions. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I mean, anytime you can score the overtime goal, it feels good. Um, and to do it in front of friends and family, it uh, feels even better. But doing so against Jack Eichel and the Sabres and all of us media types looking forward to this game, and you take over, set the tone, and you finish it. Um, you know, to be honest, uh, that's not a big deal. Um, you know, uh, like I keep saying, this game was a big deal for me because it was in front of friends and family, and um, you know, that uh, just feels good to get the win uh, you know, in front of them. McDavid both goals last night. Oilers have now won two straight. Modest winning streak, but they're keeping the goals against down. They've only allowed six over their last four games. They've only scored seven, um, but they, they get the two they need last night, both off the stick of Connor McDavid, who spoke to the guy you heard in those clips, Jack Michaels, about being named to the North American World Cup roster. I think, you know, once you come together as a team and, and, you know, you don't feel like that, you know, you almost feel like you're, you become your own little country for, you know, the three-week tournament or whatever. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to be cheering for us. I don't really, I don't really know where that fits in, you know, whether, you know, it's some Canadians or whatever. I don't really understand that whole part, but, um, you know, I think uh, it'll be cool either way. Do you think initially that you might get over there looking to have fun like everyone else? and then once the game started, it becomes a pretty intense competition. As the tournament moves along, will it be, feel less and less like an exhibition? I don't think anyone's going to look at it as an exhibition. I think uh, it's going to be a very competitive tournament. I think uh, any time you get the world's best on best, it, it always is. So um, you know, it'll be a good challenge for, for the teams that are kind of put together a little bit differently, you know, such as Team Europe and, and teams like ourselves. But um, you know, each team has a different dynamic that I think could definitely be, be helpful. All things considered, the two goals, the win, friends and family seeing you in some cases for the first time as a pro, how much fun was last night against Buffalo? Yeah, it was great. It was a special night for me um, you know, to do that in front of friends and family and um, you know, have the team play so well and, and be able to come out with the win. I think uh, definitely made the night uh, memorable uh, just to have you know, friends and family and, and you know those guys in the area that you know, came down. I haven't seen them basically, uh, you know, most of them since uh, you know we, we left Erie you know, that long ago, so um, it was really cool to see those guys. Has the team found a certain 
style here over the last four games. All four have been grinding one nothing, one one deep into the game. Do you come out of that with you know a thought process on how to extract points out of those type of games and how to be patient in those type of games? For sure, I think uh, you know each team needs to find an identity. Unfortunately for us, we're finding it a little bit later and just. Uh, but I think you saw these last couple of games that that more. I won't say defensive, but more you know conscious decisions of you know, being on top of pucks and being uh, above guys. I think all of that's adding up, and uh, you know strong defensive play, and, and uh, you know we're taking games deep, and um, you know really you know like you said playing that you know kind of grindy game, and, and it's been working for us so far. I mean we have a couple of wins and you know an overtime loss in there, and um, so it's been good. Quick thought on the Flyers. Finally, um, they got some help last night with Pittsburgh losing. You know they're going to be a desperate team. They're right there in terms of playoff competition. Uh, give, me a, give me an idea what you expect tomorrow. Yeah, they're going to be a scrappy team. Um, you know, any team that's in the playoff hunt like they are, I think uh, they always have that that uh, kind of desperate attitude and, and, you know, play good hockey. So um, we're going to have to be ready to match their intensity and um, it'll be a good one. That is Connor McDavid in conversation with Jack Michaels. McDavid, the NHL's Rookie of the Month for February, I'd say he's already the leading candidate to be the rookie of the month in March. Hopefully it keeps going well for him and the Edmonton Oilers. All right, coming up on 6-15, Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli will join us after the break in his capacity as the general manager for Team North America at the World Cup. Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Peter Shirelli will join us in less than a minute. Speaking in his capacity as general manager of Team North America for this fall's World Cup of Hockey. Chad has texted in. He says, I like the tournament. I liked it better when it was the Canada Cup. Can't disagree with that. Kelly Rudy ahead tonight as well. We'll talk a little curling, get you ready for the Briar this weekend. Another segment of Living the Dream. We'll also preview the Canada West Hockey Final this weekend, Alberta against Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. It is 619. Pleased to be joined by Peter Shirelli. Peter, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing I'm doing good, Reed. Thank you. It's ex- ex- exciting day uh to get these uh, initial rosters out. Uh uh, tell me a little bit about the the, the buildup uh, for it for you, and, and maybe some of the other general managers involved, because it, it, you kind of had a double dose here. You're worried about your, the trade deadline for your own teams, and and I imagine you're finalizing these rosters as well. Yeah, it was it was actually tough, and and you know, earlier on in the process, we talked about you know let's just put out a roster early, or at least submit it, and they can release it, but. You know, being you know you're you're so competitive in in this business you you want to take as much time as possible to get the best evaluation possible um so it was busy and our last you know leading up to the trade deadlines busy and you know at, at, the, at the end of the day it's nice it's nice to get through this this first step and and uh you know we're 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 gonna work towards getting the final bit of the roster put together and again at the same time we're we're busy with the Oilers with the amateur draft now and, and, and doing some pro scouting. So it'll be a busy, uh, a busy few months. You know, Peter, w- when you're building an NHL team, things that general managers and coaches value 
are often size and experience. You're dealing with a team here where some of these players are, are still going to grow or, or, or fill out a little bit, and uh, they won't have a lot of experience because, because they're, they're young. So that, to me, that, that presents a challenge just because of the whole, um, you know, I know there's a lot of excellent guys on the team, but it's still a smaller sample size, and, and you don't have the information you might have if, if you're building an NHL team. Yeah, um, again, challenges with the young team. And uh, the, the other challenge is that, uh, you know, they, uh, they, they change very rapidly at this age, and, 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 it's, and it's, it's tougher to evaluate. So, but you know what? They're, they're young, they're exuberant. Uh, they're all really good skaters, good thinkers. Um, they, they, they adapt easy. Uh, so th- those are advantages despite the challenges. Let me ask you this uh, for, a, for a general question about younger players. I mean, how much more prepared, I, I, don't, I don't know if it's, I can just simplify it by saying better, but how much better are younger players coming into the league, 18, 19, 20, you know, than maybe they were when you were with Ottawa or, you know, 15, 20 years ago? Does it just keep continually ramping up? Yeah, I think, I think just normal evolution will, will tell you that, but but um, but they're more informed. Um, the the training is better. Uh, the, the it's a year round kind of training regimen, um, and they're uh, so like well that you know I think that probably gives us an advantage. Like I said earlier, like these guys, the younger guys are usually just their their bodies are better and they're in better shape earlier. Just not you know all things being equal, they are so. We're going to try and take advantage of that, uh, play an up-tempo game, and um, and you know it's a three-game round robin, so we got to get it, get after it early. All right, l- let me ask you the, the the question here that a lot of people are asking on Twitter, uh, d- debating. You're the general manager of the Edmonton Oilers. You're the general manager of this team. Ryan Nugent Hopkins plays for the Edmonton Oilers. He is not on this uh, initial roster for. Team North America. Uh, I mean, how come? Did you have a conversation with him? How has that all gone? Um, it, it's gone fine. I've, I've talked. I talked to Ryan about a week and a half ago. I told him he won't be on this first this first uh, sixteen. Um, we talked about uh, his game. Um, we had a real constructive conversation, and and uh, it was good. It was. It was. It, it allowed me. It allowed me to have a constructive conversation with him about his game, uh, which I would have had not whether I was part of the, the being a GM or not with the, this World Cup thing. But it was just it was a good I thought it was a good constructive conversation and and uh, and, and Ryan at the end of the day if Ryan plays the way that uh, we all want him to play he he and I that uh, he he should be on this roster no problem. Let me throw this one at you, Peter. I'll let you go right away, as I know you're busy. Um, is there a guy you named today that maybe wasn't on your radar or heavily on your radar at, at the start of the season who really legitimately played his way on over the course of this season? Not really. I mean, the the uh, probably the um, probably JT Miller is the guy that. Uh, Lately, and he was on our radar. He's a first-round pick. That uh, game was trending up uh, at the end of last year. Um, but he, um, 
he really recently, he's really in the last three, four weeks, maybe even two months, he's really, his game's really uh, gotten to a next level and, and, uh, and he plays, you know, we're, we're, he plays his game's gotten heavier, which I've always I've always liked this game, but it's gotten heavier and, and I think that's gonna help us play against against the older players. I would say if there was I wouldn't characterize him as a surprise, but he's he's certainly uh he's certainly taken taken advantage of uh, of the situation with his play. All right, Peter, and, and last one and I'm gonna ask you a more Oilers related question. Um, uh, and it won't be about any 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 trades. I'm just gonna maybe throw you a bit of a softball at the end here because because you've been talking to media guys so much leading up to the trade deadline here. You're a NHL general manager, but you're also a fan of the NHL. Just how much on that level did you enjoy seeing McDavid and Eichel play last night, and just the vibe around that game? Yeah, that is a softball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, uh, you know, what. Um, Something that I've seen in uh, in, in Connor while he's been hurt is is uh, more prominently than 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 I've ever seen is his, is his fire and determination and and I really saw that last night. Um, I, I um, the other thing like and I've seen Jack Eichel play for for many years in the Boston area. I I, I saw at the after the game Todd and I spoke with him about about the World Cup team and. Uh, he was so he was so mad about the game and the result, and that I think it went in one ear and out the other because he was so disappointed. And, and you know, you ask the question to, to a player: Do you what do you like better? Do you love to win or hate to lose? And the answer I usually like to hear is hate to lose, and that's what I saw in Eichel last night. So great hockey between the two of them, um, but their will and character is what it really was refreshing last night, and and, uh, and and then it was nice to see. Well, see, sometimes softballs get really good answers, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck tomorrow against the Flyers. All right. Thank you. That is Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli talking mainly about his work as the GM of the North American team for the World Cup. More on that. You'll hear from Dreisaitl, Korpakoski, and Sekera, my love letter, and some of your thoughts on the Oilers and the tournament when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chan. Uh, some kind of concert in town tonight, Matthew. Oh, yeah. Some Ozzy Osbourne band or something like that. Black Sabbath. What yeah, time are they starting? It. Like 8.30? Well, they're old, so they probably start a little bit earlier than most yeah, bands. I, they actually started at 3.30 this afternoon. <laughs> they have to be in bed by 7. Plus, they didn't want to go up against inside sports. Uh, no, I think I think they're supposed to go out at about 8.30 or something. So, you know, the last half hour of Inside Sports, so people are going to miss the first half hour of their show while they're listening to this program. But they were willing, you know, you'll, you'll still see the, the, all the good songs near the end, right? Thanks for tuning in tonight, 780-496-0063. You can text us at 630-630. So McDavid on Team North America, Korpakoski and Dreisaitl on Team Europe. 
or pardon me, uh, Sekera and Dreisaitl on Team Europe. Korpakoski on Team Finland, and uh, he was asked why Finnish teams always seem to be able to gel so quickly at international events. I think our team always they come together pretty fast. Uh, for example, I showed you last year we, you know, we had one or two practices before the first game, and it seems like everybody was on the same page in the first game right away. And I don't know. Uh, I mean, we kind of have a lot of uh, similar type players. Uh, I mean, we have skill, but always uh, a lot of good team players and. and, and and guys that work hard, and we always got good gold, gold, gold enders, and and uh, I think those just one of the few uh, main keys why we always have success. But I think just uh, you know everybody kind of knows each other as a player, and we have uh, seem to find chemistry right away start of the tournament. All right, so that's Laurie Korpakoski. Here is Team Canada so far. The first 16 players named three goaltenders: Corey Crawford. Braden Holtby, and Carey Price. Four defensemen, Drew Doughty, Duncan Keith, Mark Edward Vlasic, and Shea Weber. And the forwards named Jamie Benn, Patrice Bergeron, Jeff Carter, Sidney Crosby, Ryan Getzlaff, Tyler Sagan, Steven Stamkos, John Tavares, and Jonathan Taves. Got a text here from Steven who says, uh, Hey, Reed, why is everybody all about Hall making this team? Didn't Everly do really well this past summer with Crosby and have more points at the World Championships? He should have just as good a shot as Hall. This year he has just as many goals in fewer games. Not saying Ebb should be on the team, but Hall is in the conversation. So should he be? No, that is, uh, no, question mark. That is from uh, Steven. Uh, fair question. Uh, I think maybe Hall's all-round game seen as a little better as Eberle when it comes to this team, a little more dynamic. Um, I, I would think Hall has a better chance than Eberle of uh, making the final 23-man roster for Team Canada. And if Hall would have been able to play the last 30 games the way he played the first 35, he probably would have been on the team today, but uh, not quite able to maintain that pace. John says, uh, I don't know what it is with these fans. Hall has been the best player on the team and consistently puts up points. On the other hand, there's Yakupov, who is like a chicken with its head cut off, skating around the ice, accomplishing absolutely squat. And yet it seems Yakupov has more fans in this city than Hall does, and that's disturbing. Do people actually watch the games? It's easy to see who's doing what out there. I'm done with Yak. I think you are as well, Reed. That is from John. That's John talking, everybody, not me. <laughs> I don't know if I really want to get into the Yakupov debate tonight. Uh, I'm not done with Yakupov. I just, uh, like that texture, don't think he accomplishes enough, certainly not consistently enough. What's the thing that goes, uh, that uh, the saying that's uh, going on about him? He, he plays like he's being chased by bees. Bean says, is it just me or does Leon look fatigued? It's not just you. I think Dreisaitl does look fatigued. He's had a long season, and uh, Jack Michaels asked him if he started the year with hopes of making the World Cup roster for Europe. You know, when you start in the AHL, you still think it's it's far, far away, right? Um, uh, I, I don't think there will be any AHL guys uh, in this tournament, maybe, maybe only a few, but... Um, 
but you know, as soon as I got called up, obviously, you know, I got put in a really good spot to, to succeed. And you know, as as the season went on, and you know, I, I started to to think about it a little bit, but I didn't put, put too much pressure on myself. So um, I guess it was just a thing of you know. Uh, if it happens, it would be great, and if not, you know, I can't be too too frustrated about it. All right, so that's Leon Drysaddle. He will play for uh, Team Europe along with Andre Sekra, who we'll hear from in a few minutes. Of course, this is your Action Furnace Oilers report. Action Furnace is home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit them online at actionfurnace.com. CA seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. You can text six thirty six thirty. Here are the uh, twenty three players named to the roster for Team North America. That those are the guys who are twenty three or under as of this October first. Three goaltenders: John Gibson, Connor Hellebuck, who's uh, right now with the Manitoba Moose, but he's been with the Jets, and Matt Murray from the Pittsburgh Penguins. Four defensemen: Aaron Ekblad, Seth Jones, Ryan Murray, and Morgan Riley. The forwards, Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monahan, Sean Couturier, Dylan Larkin, Nathan McKinnon, Brandon Saad, and J.T. Miller. And you heard Peter Shirelli say J.T. Miller, the one guy who maybe wasn't a surprise but really uh, helped his cause by playing a, a heavier game this season. So no Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I, I asked Shirelli about that, and, uh, you know, he said he talked to Nugent Hopkins. He said he should be able to make the team if he, if he plays to his potential uh, when he comes back from injury. So he could very well be one of the guys added to this roster. And, and, uh, and certainly, you know, Nugent Hopkins hasn't played for the last month. Todd McClellan also asked today about no R&H on this team. His injury slowed him down, obviously, and, and uh, his year in the eyes of um, the entire staff. What we have to remember, it's not just Todd and Peter that are picking this team. There's a number of, uh, of staff members that throw their two cents in and, and come up with the roster. And um, when it's all said and done, uh, I know the coach quite well, and, and the coach likes players that he knows and that he can trust, and uh, Nuge is one of those guys. So I expect uh, I expect him to uh, to perform and uh play real well down the stretch here when he gets healthy and, and be part of that team. But that's going to be up to him and and uh, his ability to impress the entire staff. All right, and he'll still definitely have uh, the opportunity to do that. So that's a pretty good squad. I, I love what Shirelli said about McDavid and Eichel, that you know, a lot of times you ask the really good players, what are you? What's, what's a more intense feeling, your joy of winning and your hatred of losing? And a lot of them say their hatred of losing. And, and Jack Eichel was in that category uh, last night. Uh, Yakushev says, uh, so now that Daryl Cates has picked up a $3 billion check, do you think he will lower beer prices in the new arena? I think that's a rhetorical question. Uh, Dave says, so are you jumping on Edmonton's next media-driven player assassination bandwagon, this time gunning for Yakupov? Wow, Dave. No, I'm not. If you ask me my opinion of a player, I will give it to you. And I've been asked numerous times my opinion of Yakupov, and I will give it. Does he consistently contribute to the team? He does not. If you think that he does, give me the evidence that proves me wrong, Dave, or anybody else. I'm not about running players out of town or trying to limit their ice time or or anything. Uh, I would love it if Yakupov played awesome the rest of the season. I really would. 
I really would, because I want you fans to be happy and see an Oilers team that's good. Um, but he he hasn't uh, consistently done that. I mean, it's 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 pretty simple to me. I mean, I, I actually resent the suggestion um, that I somehow got into this profession so I could make mean-spirited attacks on other human beings. But there there is a discussion and evaluation aspect to this job. And, uh, I mean, I don't know. So that's that's where I'm at with Yakupov. I mean, it's 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 getting tiring repeating the same thing about him every day, and and having his his fans who think he's being screwed, failing to provide any evidence that he should be playing more. Brian's on the line. Hey, Brian. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Uh, well, I have to come to his defense here for a minute. Um, I like Yakupov. How old is he? Uh, what he was drafted in 2012. I got to double check if he's 21 or 22. Hang on. I can't remember when his birthday is, but he's obviously very young. Yeah, there's my point. Uh, how many coaches has he had? Kruger, Aikens, Nelson, and uh, uh, McClellan. And we're going to give up on him. Well, I'm not. No, but there's a the thing, Brian. I'm not giving up on him. There's, I am not in any means giving up on him. I mean, I, I think player. I think uh, how old is, is he? Right, he's still 22. He'll, he won't turn 23 till October. I'm not giving up on him. It's it's just when people people ask me and ask Rob after every game, why doesn't he play more? Right. So we're we're trying to explain not just what we see, but what we have heard Todd McClellan say about him to answer that question. Yeah, you, you know, you know what what I see in him though, and, and you know, there's there's the naysayers that say you know get rid of him. He's the first, he's the number one draft pick, but he's so young. Uh, yeah, and I know he hasn't contributed enough, and uh, you know he's been such a, a minus, uh, you know, in the plus minus. Uh, but he's getting better. Um, the other thing is, is he brings something to the team that's fairly unique, I think, and that is like his explosiveness and he's got a heck of a shot you're not going to find uh, a guy you know he kind of reminds me a little bit of Pavel Bury of course he's a hero but he's not a Pavel Bury but there, there's not anybody else in the team like him and I, I think that's the kind of guy that I don't mind having on a team I'm sure they can they can work with him at, you know at such a young age and develop him more because there's got to you know what I mean like there's it just—it would be such a waste to give him up for, for, you know, almost nothing after they drafted him so highly. Well, and I think that's why he wasn't traded, because yeah. Shirelli didn't feel he was going to get enough back for a player that, uh, you know, like you said, is still young, has had different coaches, and and maybe is going to start contributing more. So but, yeah, I mean, he, here's the thing: like, I don't, I don't hate the guy. I wouldn't sit here and. and yeah. hate guys, but I mean, the coaches have, and I know there are other guys with flaws on the team. Yeah. But I mean the coaches have this coaching staff specifically has reasons for what they're doing and it's not out of vindictiveness or no. let's shaft a guy to make fans angry. Absolutely. I you, you know there's every argument to say that he shouldn't be playing on the you know the top two lines because of his liability and his lack of defensive, you know, uh, knowledge because you, you, you see the mistakes he makes, but when, you know, I, I love to see him when he's free to go. You know, you know when you just see him, when he's got that confidence and, he, and he, he's like, he's an explosive player. He's 
he's got to get better. He's got to be smarter. I mean, look at Ovechkin when he came in the league. Uh, he was a hot shot. I don't know what it is about the Russians, but some of them, you know, you know, they got they they're, they're hot shots. They don't have a lot of the defensive skills when they come to NHL. But I think Yakupov is willing to learn, and he's got the right attitude. Well, I hope so, and he and he's quite frankly, he's played better the last four games. He he yeah. has. He's Absolutely. been he's been he's been more responsible, and you know he's he's got to start winning more puck battles as other guys do. He's not the only one, but I mean, so often I get asked about him specifically. That's that's one of the issues. Brian, yeah. thanks for calling. Problem. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I have a special treat for everybody tonight with the World Cup uh, rosters being announced. As you know, Matthew Panashik, would you describe me as basically a big lovable softy? You are. Thank you. Thanks for just agreeing with that on air, even if you don't. Uh, I've written some love letters in the past. Well, today I have a very special love letter to the World Cup of Hockey. Dear World Cup of Hockey, I love you. I love you for being educational, like how you're going to teach young Canadian hockey fans about other countries, like Sweden, Russia, and Europe. I love you for keeping it simple. Even though you're an international event, all your games will be played in the same country, in the same city. Forget about the rest of Canada revolving around Toronto. The rest of Canada doesn't even exist when it comes to you. I love you for being fearless. After all, you may have heard about another international hockey tournament that's played every few years, a little thing called the Olympics, and you don't even care. You just charge right ahead, thinking we'll love you as much as we love your smarter, more beautiful, more exciting twin sister. Oh, World Cup of Hockey. I remember when you were called the Canada Cup. Then you went away and came back as the World Cup, even though no one really missed you. And how do you decide when to show up? 1996, then 2004, now 2016. Oh yeah, you say you're going to be back in 2020, but do you really expect me to wait by the phone while you're off doing who knows what? Sorry, World Cup of Hockey. This is supposed to be a positive day. This is the day you named 75% of the players who will compete for you. 75%. Who does that? Did J.J. Abrams release 75% of the new Star Wars movie? Do restaurants serve 75% of your meal? When I buy new shoes, do I get 75% of what I tried on? Well, World Cup of Hockey, this is goodbye for now. I'll see you again in a few months for a fleeting September romance. I guess you'll be better than no hockey at all. All my love, Reed Wilkins. Now that I've tried to talk to you and make you understand, all you have to do is close your eyes and just reach out your hands. And 
You're listening to 630 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Good tune, buddy. Oilers and Flyers tomorrow on 630 Chet. 3.30 face-off show. Early one, 5 o'clock for the start of the game. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Kelly Rudy coming up in the next half hour of the show. Those of you who will still listen to Kelly after his booing comments last week. Got some texts coming in about uh, my love letter to the World Cup of Hockey. Brad says, I didn't think you'd ever top your Christmas album, but you just did. Thank you, Brad. Uh, Dave says, good letter, read. The World Cup of Hockey has all the drama and excitement of a made-for-television bond spiel. That's, like, it is kind of like a fake event. I mean, I guess you could argue anything is fake and made up, but I don't know. Uh, James says, I'm all teared up, Reed. That was beautiful. <laughs> and Jordy has just texted in, boo. So, this is 75% approval rating? I'm like the World Cup of Hockey rosters. I'll take that. (laughs) Uh, All right. uh, Inside Sports presented by AMA. Be listening tomorrow for your Alberta Motor Association's Oilers Hockey AMA safety and savings for your family. Uh, We'll talk to Kelly Rudy a bit about the World Cup and about the old Canada Cup because, as I said earlier, he was on one of the greatest Canada teams ever assembled. Maybe the greatest. 1987, Gretzky, Lemieux. Messier, Fuhr, an incredible team uh, that won the Canada Cup in thrilling fashion over the Soviet Union, as it was known in those days. All right. Uh, <laughs> another James has texted in who says, I-, I boo you guys, but I still listen. <laughs> That's okay. Like, I wonder if people just boo the show while they're driving in their cars. They probably do. Panashik, what are we doing after the news? Is it Rudy already after the news? Uh, yes, oh, Kelly good. Rudy. Okay, we'll, right get him on, the we'll get him on the line. Oh, you know what? We'll also, we're also going to do, this will be fun. We'll talk to Steve Coates from the Flyers Radio Network because they have a pretty good rookie themselves. I mean, Connor McDavid is not out of nowhere. But another young player who, did you know about Shane Gostisbear at the start of the season? If you did, you probably didn't think he'd be doing this well. He might get some Calder votes too, as the Flyers try to push into the playoffs. Big game tomorrow for them when Edmonton comes to town. We're going to uh, live the dream as well with Kristen Haig from the Calgary Inferno and a Briar preview with Mark Kennedy. I'm going to ask him what it's like wearing a microphone on live TV while you're competing. That's a pretty interesting dynamic in curling.